0: The Milan Records Sony Music Masterworks original motion picture soundtrack release of A24's The Lighthouse features music by Gemini and Genie Award-winning composer Mark Corvin. Described as a nightmare at sea, the film starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson is a hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote New England island in the 1890s. Mark Corvin is here with us to discuss the film and the score. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Uh, Pleasure to be here.
0: Tell us a bit about your experience working with director Robert Eggers.
1: Well, the experience was quite unusual. Rob is... Unlike any other director I've worked with, he is very single-minded, very visionary. He has his own way of doing things. He surrounds himself with people that have a lot of faith in what he does, and we basically follow what Rob thinks. proven himself to be a visionary director that's on the rise. He's going to make a lot of waves.
0: IndieWire wrote, it's the best movie about bad roommates ever made.
1: Sure. What we were looking for in this score was not necessarily music that would adhere all to and time that the story takes place but more about the elements. more about you know the wind, the surf, the sounds, all the feelings that were underneath the anger, the psychosis. we deliberately stayed away from anything that resembled 19th century harmony or melody. The score is very guttural, very ferocious, very animalistic, and at times extremely primitive. went to some pretty dark places, harmonically and melodically, although I hesitate to say melodically because there's really nothing melodic about it. With Rob, he's a real stickler for historic detail in every aspect of the film. Right down to the buttons on someone's shirts and their hats, tiles on the walls and the shingles on the roof, like everything is historically accurate to the nth degree. Everything except for music, that historical accuracy was pretty much abandoned because we were looking for a real contrast.
0: Did shooting this film in black and white affect your approach to writing the score?
1: It's hard to say since I, of course, I've never experienced the film in color. But I think I'm very much at home with black and white because I'm very much a fan of older films that were, of course, shot in black and white. That's really home to me. I like the minimalistic look to it, and my music is very minimalistic as well. I think it was a good fit for me.
0: And also, you received a nomination for Best Cinematography at the Academy Awards.
1: Yeah, it was great to see It's always hard to tell how people are going to react to Robert Eggers' film. I was actually surprised that people really picked up on The Witch because when I read the script, I thought, wow, this is is a really amazing script, but this authentic dialect of the 17th century, that's just going to put so many people off and I don't think they're going to get into it. And then when it really caught on, it really surprised me very pleasantly so. And with The Lighthouse, it was a similar thing, because I was thinking, you know, this is two guys going insane in a Lighthouse. (laughs) This is not a commercial film, although I really enjoyed working on it. But again, I was surprised that people really picked up on it. It's great to see that there are uh, lots of people out there that can appreciate Rob's work.
0: The soundtrack includes 13 tracks. I'd like to go over some of the cues that resonated most with you. Sure. Arrival.
1: With Arrival, this is one of the few tracks that actually sounds like music. There's actually a hint of melody. Uh, We wanted a track that would be somewhat accessible to the listener because you you don't want to hit them with the (laughs) the weirdest thing in the world right off the top. Sort of gives a sense of. I I wouldn't say. Security because it's you know it's still rather ominous, but it's the safest moment in the film after which things fall apart for our protagonists.
0: Then, one of my favorite cues, son of a bitch.
1: With son of a bitch, I really like the. The haunting atmosphere of this cue, the the eeriness of it, uh, we used a water phone, which is an instrument that's basically a couple of stainless steel serving dishes welded together with some rods on the outside. It's very alien-looking. Traditionally, it's played with a bow for a sort of a screeching sound. If you heard it, you'd be familiar with it in various horror movies. But what we did in this film was something quite different, where we took a friction mallet. Basically, it looks like a lollipop. And... We used it to rub against the water phone so that it would give this sort of a moaning, crying sort of sound. We used it quite a lot in the score. Then there's the cue, cistern. We wanted to use some accordion in this, so that's you know a little bit of a nod to place and time. Of course, we didn't want anything that sounded remotely like a traditional melodic accordion. I didn't want to hire someone to play accordion that was actually skilled at accordion, such as my wife. She's a very good accordion player. But I didn't want anyone who had any skill playing it. (laughs) So I picked it up myself because I really wanted a raw track and that would be filled with errors and mistakes. And, you know, again, really guttural and primitive. And that's what we have with this track.
0: Then there's Curse Your Name
1: with curse your name again you'll hear a lot of that friction rod water foam sound that's so haunting it reminds me actually of whale cries or something so there's there is definitely something that evokes especially the sea at night Then we come to the queue
0: Stranded. For
1: Stranded, you'll hear some very large brass ensembles that we used for the film. Fortunately, we were able to find some brass players that were very familiar with playing in this madcap, insane style that we were looking for. There's not many brass players that are really skilled in that, but we found a, a room full of just fantastic brass players.
0: Mermaid Lust.
1: Mermaid Lust and Stabbing the Charm, these are a couple of the more wild and insane cues. We really had a great time pushing the envelope of what we could do with the brass section. They probably thought we were those two wikis in the lighthouse going insane.
0: Why do you spill your beans?
1: Why'd you spill your beans? It's probably the most haunting moment in the film musically and also in the story as well. You know again we used a lot of unusual textures that were layered on top of each other so you wouldn't really be able to figure out exactly what instruments you were looking for because I, I like to hide what I'm scoring so that when people hear it, they don't think oh that's a that's a trumpet oh that's a timpani or whatever I like to really stretch a person's ears. They really have to work at trying to figure out what they're actually listening to. Into the Light. With Into the Light, we used a lot of glass, large dessert bowls and stuff like that that would you know you'd, you'd dip your fingers in the in the bowls and they, you'd uh, give them a rub of course we were looking for something very glass like that would would evoke this huge lighthouse light
0: What are some of the highlights of your notable career?
1: I'd say the highlight of my career was the time that I spent working with Rob Eggers on The Witch and The Lighthouse. Those were very, very special moments. And certainly those were the the moments where I was the most recognized musically for what I've been doing. And also the, the times that I felt most at home with the, the kind of music that I was writing because I always leaned towards pretty adventurous, with the music and looking for really strange unidentifiable sounds and also being very very weird musically so it was nice to feel that that was a good fit for what I do
0: Mark Corvin congratulations on your score for The Lighthouse and thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us to discuss it
1: thank you Max it was a real pleasure